Well, welcome back. Welcome anew. I'm Joseph McClendon III, and you are experiencing the Further Faster podcast. And I'll be your coach, your guide, and maybe even your mentor on this little part of your journey towards becoming even more wealthy. And remember, around here, wealthy means to be healthy, happy, and financially abundant. So I have a question for you. Why do you continue to do what you do? Now, when I ask that question, what comes to mind for you? Do you think of, why do I continue to do what I do, the bad habits that I have that did not serve me and denigrate my life? Or do you go, why do I continue to do the things that I do that, have, that I love to do that, that serve me and make my life better? Well, as you're going to find out, the answer to that question is the same for both. What makes you do good and what makes you do bad is the same answer. And I will say this, that they're all tied to things that have happened to us in the past. So grab a pad and paper and I'll be right back because I'm going to show you how to do something that I call change your personal history. I'll be right back with the Further Faster podcast. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. You know, there's a saying that I learned when I was studying NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, years and years ago. And the saying is, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Now, as ridiculous as that sounds, it's the truth. But the truth of the matter is that you can't change the past, but you can change how you feel about it. And if you change how you feel about it, then what you will experience going forward will be different. And so I open this up by asking the question, you know, how do you, what makes you do what we do? So today I'm going to talk a little bit about the mechanics of what makes us do what we do. And then more specifically, I'm going to go into the things that have happened to you or to all of us in the past and what we can do about it so that we feel differently, so that we, we operate differently and we do things differently. And we get to choose the way we're going to be versus be at the mercy of things that have happened in the past. Now, first off, I'll start off by this. Outside of our genetic and or epigenetic, and I'll explain what that means here in a moment, pre and pro positions, dispositions or propositions, outside of the things that, that we came into this world with, those, those natural things, everything else is a learned process. Everything. You learned how to tie your shoes, read and write, you know, spell your name. All of those things were learned processes. Human beings, as a matter of fact, out of all the animals on the planet, we're the ones that come into this planet with the least amount of instinct, if you will. Now, we do have some. You may have heard me talk about this before, and that is that, that human beings, we know how to swim when we're born. Not actually, you know, do a backstroke or backstroke or a stroke or a breaststroke or anything like that, but we do know how to swim. However, thousands of kids die every year, you know, because they fall into a pool and they don't know how to how to swim because it gets atrophied out of us. All other animals, not only do they know how to swim, but they know how to fly south for the winter. They know how to hibernate. They know how to dig a burrow. They know how to do all of these things instinctively. Human beings, not so much. Now, some of that reasoning, and again, I repeat myself when I say this, you've heard me say this before, if you've been around me at all, and that is human beings, you know, we're, let's just say, at the top of the food chain with regard to, you know, superior beings on this planet. We have superiority over all other beings, or we like to feel that way anyway. Uh, and we are that way because we got a, a different brain, 
proportionately, we've got maybe a bigger brain than any other animal on the planet proportionately. And obviously, you know, a big sperm whale is, is brain is bigger, but the size compared to his body ours is bigger. And so when we're born, our head is too big to fit through the birth canal if it was the size that it needed to be to pack in it all of the things, the instincts and things that other animals do. So we're born earlier than most other animals and therefore we're more helpless than other animals and we rely on our uh, caretakers, mother, father, guardian, or whatever to take care of us longer than any other animal. So set that aside for a second and just recognize that we're pretty helpless when we come in as human beings. So most everything else, all those other things that are now natural to us, we learn. And that is our history. That is our history, meaning the history of how we learn those things, who we learn those things from, or what we call significant emotional events uh, that made us happen. Now, earlier I said outside of our genetic dispositions or what I call propositions, meaning what we're born with that make us operate in a way that serves us and operate in a positive way or optimistic way, or what makes us operate in a way that does does not serve us, those things that came along with birth, um, outside of those things, and again, I'll give you some examples of those, uh, whether good or bad, somebody that is born and their genetics, because of their parents, they had tall parents and they're going to wind up to be six feet, seven, seven, six foot seven or eight or nine, they're probably going to be more... Uh, let's just say a better basketball player than me, who's five nine. Maybe not because of what I'm about to talk to you about. Because there's people that are shorter than me, i.e., Spud Webb, who won the slam dunk championship back in the I want to say early '80s, mid '80s, or something like that. And he was five foot five tall, five inches tall. So, but he can jump like a gazelle. But he had to train that into himself. So. Uh, genetically, we are we are born with things, and that's not just our physical makeup in terms of our musculature and our skeleture. Skeleture. We are also uh, we have different brains. We all we're all born with different things that that we may uh, may have uh, been given because our parents had some of those as well. Outside of all of those things, the rest of it, like I said, we have learned, and we've learned those from our guardians. Our, our teachers, our mentors, our, our parents, and things like that. But most specifically, how we learn the best and how we learn to do what we do is something that we call significant emotional events, S-E-E. And in psychology, what that means is this. I can tell you something over and over again, and you may believe it. I can tell you, you know, I can, uh, I, I can give you a math equation or I can, I can teach you some words in a row or something like that, and you might learn it. Okay, but the things that you learn that stick with you through life are the ones that you had a high amount of emotion in conjunction with learning it, i.e. pain or pleasure at the time of that learning. That's what makes us learn even quicker. For example, when you were at some age, I want to say 100% of us touch something hot, the stove or the iron or something else. And when we did, we had an immense amount of pain. And in that moment, your brain said, because that significant emotion and that pain that you went through, because pain is going, is going to make you feel terrible, then guess what? You remembered and you learned in that moment, never do that again. And that is that significant emotional event will last you a lifetime. 
for the rest of our lives. Yeah, you may make a mistake from time to time and brush up against it, but when you see fire, you don't ever go run and stick your hand in it ever again because you learn from that experience. Now, I'm oversimplifying this and beating the head off, the, the dead off, the skin off a dead horse, but I, I want you to get how important this is, that everything in life comes that way. And in varying levels of emotion. On the other side, there are pleasurable things that happen to us in our lives. And when those, we have intense moments of pleasure when something happens, guess what? We learn that, that we want more of that as well. And remember, whenever there's any pain or there's any pleasure, whenever anything happens, the brain and the body release hormones. And those hormones put us into one of two different states, if you will. One is our sympathetic uh, state or our sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight. Get the hell out of here or put up a fight. It's survival time. Let's take care of this. And believe it or not, when you touch that hot stove, guess what? The hormone that is, that is produced is called cortisol. That's the stress hormone that says fight or flight. Get the hell out of here. Don't do that anymore. Learn this lesson again. And every time that happens, the brain goes, what just happened right before we got this significant emotional event so that we don't do it again? And so it will recognize that, oh, I put my hand on the stove. And so it goes, don't do that again, or you're going to get that cortisol release. You're going to get that pain. You're going to get that negative emotion. And so that's the learning experience. Well, it works the same way with, with, with pleasurable things. Something happens. You get your first kiss or, you know, you do something and, and the, you know, you get applauded for it or you get praised for it or something like that by your others, by, by your peers and other people that you like or whatever. Anytime there's pleasure, the brain is going to release, you've heard me say this hundreds of times by now, is going to release something called dopamine. And there's dopamine, there's oxytocin, there's endorphins and things like that. And those are the hormones that make us feel good. They give us pleasure. And varying levels. Uh, you know, when something very pleasurable happens, you get a big dump of it. When it's, so, you know, moderate, then you get a little bit. There's a drip of it that goes. But either way, the brain still does the same thing. This is how we function. This is what, our, what we do. The brain goes, what just happened before that pleasure? Oh, I kissed this person. Or, oh, I said this and I got a laugh. Or, oh, whatever across the board. The brain says, I've learned to do that. I'm going to do it again and again and again. And as what I call human physics, what happens is the brain just says, anything that we do over and over again, we're going to get better at. Repetition is the mother of all skill. Now, let me add to it. And then I'm going to start to talk to you a little bit about this thing that we call having it's never too late having a happy childhood. And that is this, to expedite the process of learning anything at all and remembering or relearning something, you can do the same thing that you did to learn it. You can add a lot of pain or you can add a lot of pleasure. Now, I recommend that you do the latter. And because what happens is as we're learning something, it's the same mechanics that go on. And those mechanics are when something happens, as long as there's some sort of pleasure attached to it, really close to it as we do it, or when we're finished doing it, the brain is always going to do the same thing. What just happened before this? And, uh, and then, oh, this was that, so let's do it again. But what most people don't realize is guess who is in, can be in control of that, plane, that pain or pleasure? Ourselves. And most of us don't realize that. As a matter of fact, most people rely on the feedback, the, appra the approval, the praise, 
from other people to do that. And nowadays, it is so, so much easier because you can go to your phone and get that from other people. You know, this is why there's been the, the rise of, uh, I call them booty models on things like uh, TikTok and, and uh, on Instagram and things like that, because all they have to do is, you know, show a little bit of skin and that kind of thing. And guess what they're going to get? They're going to get, they're going to get approval. They're going to get praise. They're going to get some sort of, of recognition and, and accolades for doing that. And guess why? That's what keeps them, makes them continue to do what they do. But guess what? We can do that to ourselves. And as a matter of fact, it is as effective, if not more effective and predictable when we do it to ourselves. The analogy that I like to use is this. And again, I'm talking about quick learning. And again, then, when we, then I'm going to talk about how to, if you will, change your personal history. And that is this. The analogy I like to use is this. When you learn how to play piano or really any instrument, I'm going to use piano for an example. You sit down and they say, okay. Now, now, by the way, I'm going to give you right now what I call a predictive learning experience for you right now. You're going to get an aha moment here in a moment. And that aha is akin to the dopamine release. And that is if you don't already know this. If you know it already, then it's not going to be because you know it because you've learned it either through repetition the long way or you had an aha moment in the past in learning that. And that is this. You look at the keyboard. You've never played piano before. You look at the keyboard and the, and the instructor or your teacher says, look at this keyboard, and there's a pattern on this keyboard, and it's all the way up and down the keyboard. And it is always, there are two black keys that are right next to each other, and then there's two white keys in between them, and then there's three black keys. That's all I want you to do is just look at that. There's two, and then there's three. The black keys are always in groups of three. So it goes two, three, two, three, two, three, up and down the keyboard. Now, if you didn't know this before, you're having an aha moment. If you can look at a keyboard, go and look at any, any piano or, or, or synthesizer or whatever, and it's always the same. It's always two, three, two, three of the black keys. Now, never mind the white keys in between. That's it. Okay. So now you have a learning experience that if you look at that keyboard and you never knew this before, then you're going to remember that for the rest of your life because you're going to go, oh, and your eyebrows are going to go up, by the way, just so you know, if you're watching me, I'm over-exaggerating, my eyebrows go up. And just so you know, as soon as those eyebrows go up, guess what happens? Dopamine release. And the brain goes, okay, what just happened before that? Oh, I recognize that it's two, three, two, three, two, three, up and down the keyboard. Now I know that. And then, then you go, now aren't I smart? And the brain starts to take over and go, oh, all this stuff. So that's going to be a lifelong lesson for you. And when you look at the keyboard for the rest of your life, that's what you're going to notice. So now your instructor says, okay, now here's what I want you to do. Look at the two in the middle of the keyboard, or you can find a two of them anywhere, but let's find the ones right in the middle. And the, the white key that is the closest to the left of the left two black keys I want you to touch. So you would find the two black keys that are closest, the two black keys that are together, and you'd go the right key that's the, the, the white key that's, clo that's, that's closest to those black keys, you touch that, and they're going to go for the rest of your life, and all the way up and down the keyboard, that note is called a C. Now, the one in the middle of the keyboard is the middle C. 
And again, I'm giving you a music lesson because I want you to get, you know, even when this is over, if you don't play piano, go online and get an image of a keyboard. And every now for the time for the rest of your life, when you look at a keyboard, you're going to know exactly where the C is. Now, there's, there's, you know, if you got an 88 key uh, keyboard or you got one that's got 20 keys, either way, find the two, go to the left of that left black key, it's always going to be a C. And you go, wow, okay, this is simpler than I thought. Now, now as, if you're watching me, you're seeing my eyebrows go up and I'm going, wow, this is simpler than I thought. You just had a significant emotional experience. There's some emotion tied to what just happened before. You went black keys to the left of that one. That's a C. Okay. I got it for the rest of my life, for the rest of your life. Never again for the rest of your life. Somebody's going to go, here's a black keys to the, here's two and right here. What note is this? You're going to go, oh, that's a C. I'm oversimplifying things, but that is the learning process. Now, from there, what happens, I'm going to speed things up here in just a little bit or for, or for a little bit. You're going to sit down and they're going to go put your thumb on your right hand on that C. You put your thumb there and they go, I only want you to touch the white keys with all five of your fingers. And you're going to go, okay, you're going to go. And, and by the way, it just, it's just like the alphabet. It's C, D, E, F, G, A, B. And then it starts again, C. That's all, all the way it is. So when you put your hand on the C, you go with your net with, with your thumb, the next finger, your pointer finger is going to be a D. The next one's going to be E. And so they say, I want you to just do that over and over again. And they put you the notes on the page and everything. And you go da, 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 da. But it's hard to do because your fingers aren't used to doing that. But if you do it over and over again, remember this, repetition is the mother of all skill. You do it over and over again. That's human physics over and over again. Within a couple of weeks, you're going to be able to go da, 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 with your hand. Then they say, okay, take two cans and I want you to do the same thing. But this time I want you to take your pinky and I want you to put it on the next C lower than the one that you've been playing. You go down, you know how to find a C, you put your pinky finger of your left hand on that, and you do the same thing. Da, 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 da. Now you're playing two notes at the same time. Da, 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 up and down, up and down. You do that for a couple of weeks, pretty soon you don't have to think about it because it's repetition. But here's where the magic comes in. One day you're sitting there, you're going da, 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 da. You don't have to look at your hands because you got muscle memory because of repetition. You have to think about it. You don't even have to look at those notes on the page. Your note, your hands know what to do. But one day you're going da 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 da, and all of a sudden you go da 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 da, and you go, whoa, what was that? Where did that come from? And you do it again. Da, 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 da. Now, if you're watching me, I'm making facial expressions. I'm exaggerating with joy. Now, what happens is what took you a month to learn how to go da, 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 da. It took you only a few seconds to add those other two notes and do them easily. Da, 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 da. And the reason being, the reason you were able to learn that quickly is because of joy. Because in that moment when you did it, you gave yourself joy. You went, whoa, that was fantastic. As you did it, you gave yourself joy. And the same mechanics that make you do what you do came into play. Your brain went, what just happened before we got this joyful dopamine release? And it was, I went, da, 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 in conjunction with all the other things. 
And your brain goes, not only did you learn this now, you can do it fast. Now you go da 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 and your brain goes, oh, we can go more. Da 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 and you go up and down and you can play faster, easier, quicker, better than you did in a shorter amount of time than it took you all of that repetition to get to that place where you are right now. Why am I saying this? Because the old saying is repetition is the mother of all skill. Well, my question to you, my friends, is if repetition is the mother of all skill, who is the father? Now, silly as that sounds, what I mean by the father is the one that makes it go even further faster, the one that makes it, that, that, that steps it up. And the answer is, wait for it, praise. Self-praise more specifically. Remember earlier I said that if you want to step up and, and have a quicker, significant emotional event so that you learn better, easier, faster, and it becomes a habit of who you are, add praise to it. Or I didn't say praise, add joy to it. Joy is as simple as putting your eyebrows up and you can force it, you can fake it, you can do whatever it takes to make it happen. And the, the only one or the person that's in, most in control of it is you. And this will help you override, and don't worry, I didn't forget about it, your epigenetic predisposition to do something. This will help you override anything that you're already doing. This will help you change habits. This will help you change things that you, you know you shouldn't be doing, but you do. And probably the greatest part about it is it will help you enhance what you're already doing. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back, and I'm going to start talking about how to change personal history by using the things that we just learned. Hey, what's good? It's me, Joseph McClendon III, and let me get real with you just for a second. Now, you've probably heard me talk about this before, something that I call the thieves of our dreams. Procrastination, hesitation, fear of failure, fear of success, self-doubt, self-loathing, imposter syndrome, and fear of rejection. Well, let me ask you a question. What if you could not only retrain your brain and your nervous system to automatically default to your absolute best thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, but you could also do the same for others that are going through difficult times and challenges in their own lives and things that are stopping them from creating the the life of their desires. Well, this is what I call neuroencoding. And at the risk of sounding arrogant, these are the same tools, methods, and strategies in neuroscience that I've used to operate in the upper 5% of all of my own businesses, especially as a coach, a speaker, and a presenter for the last 30 plus years. The Neuroencoding Institute provides you with the knowledge, the tools, and unmatched support to become a certified neuroencoding specialist and guide you to the life of wealthiness. And remember, wealthy means to be healthy, happy, and financially abundant. Go to neuroencoding coding.com to speak to an enrollment specialist today and i look forward to serving you at the highest level you're enjoying this episode on angel phoenix productions podcast network to explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our facebook page at facebook.com forward slash angel phoenix productions
Well, welcome back. Welcome back. And as promised, we're going to talk a little bit about something that I call change personal history. It's never too late to have a happy childhood. And I want to preframe this last section as um, by saying that this is not therapy. This is not what we do here. If anything, this is just coaching. This is a suggestion and process to do something to get a result for yourself. You know, I, I love this saying. The saying was, or this quote was by uh, Joe Frazier the boxer. And he said, between the promise and the payoff is always process. The promise is whatever you want, whatever somebody promises you that you can have if you do the process. The payoff happens after the process. It's not, it's, you know, it's just not, it's not always, you know, something for nothing. It's not just, hey, I got this knowledge. This is great. So obviously that is why with further faster here, I always give you something you do. Okay. So uh, prior to this, we talked about how we function as human beings, what makes us do what we do, significant emotional events, and how to speed up that process by adding joy to whatever you do. Repeat something, and you don't even have to uh, you know, repeat it that many times. When you do something, cause yourself to be excited. It can be as simple as putting a smile on your face, patting yourself on the back, shaking your ass, doing whatever, you know, jumping around or doing whatever. As silly as it sounds, this is much, much quicker. And it is, by the way, why one of the reasons why children learn so much faster and easier than adults. We learn most everything, uh, the most important things. Matter of fact, the, the studies showed that we learn more in the first 12 years of our lives than we do the whole rest of our lives. Because in those 12 years of life, guess what kids are doing more? They're being kids. They're having fun. They're smiling. They're laughing. They're doing things. They're much, much quicker than that. Now, it is impeded if you have somebody that's beating you down and, and telling you things that... Uh, that denigrate your self-worth and things like that. So having said that, let's talk about your past. <laughs> and again, I'll remind you, this is not therapy. This is for you to take a look at. And, and by the way, you do not have to find the defining moment that made you do what you do. For example, if you are a shy person, and again, outside of your genetic predispositions, you might be shy because you grew up around shy people. You might be shy because because um, you know you saw a television program that 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 uh, uh, there was a character on there that was shy that you related to or whatever. You might be shy because you got up in front of the classroom to read a book report when you were ten years old and you stumbled over your words and all the kids laughed at you. You might be shy because you know you don't have the same kind of clothes as all the popular kids. Whatever reason, listen. There's as many reasons why a person is the way they are as there are grains of sand on the beach in Tahiti, because <laughs> everybody has their own experiences, and the same experience can happen to two different people, and those two different people may take it differently. You've heard the old story that. Two boys uh, were raised by this father, and the father was a drug addict and alcoholic, and he wound up uh, doing something stupid and wound up being in prison uh, for a long time. The boys uh, grew up. One of them grew up to be an outstanding father and, and, a, and a person that uh, contributed and was a, a really good person, and the other followed in the footsteps of the father and wound up being in prison, drug addict, alcoholic. And when asked you know, why are, what made you be the way that you are? And they both said basically the same question or same answer. Well, what do you expect with a father like that? So they both had the same experience with the same father, but they both took it differently. They both made, uh, made different distinctions about it and they made different decisions. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. 
The saying again is it's never too late to have a happy childhood. And I don't expect you to go back and have to find the defining moment. And what I am going to ask you to do is to go back and find a time that you can remember, that you can think of, that caused you to, and in and, and, and this situation, I want you to do both, that caused you to be, to do something that is a great habit that is serving you in your life and, and serving other people as well. And then also go back and find something. It doesn't matter what it is, because it is what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain to you as being global, something that you, you can remember that maybe caused you to have a, a, this habit that you have or something that you don't like doing or something that, that uh, causes you to feel like I, my life would be better if I didn't do this, i.e., that's why I asked the question in the beginning. What, makes, what do you think of when, you, when I say what makes you do what you do? So, because what you're going to find is one of those two things. The one, the, the, the habit that, that, that uh, denigrates your life is going to be something that when it happened, you got pain as a result of it. And the ones that, the habit that you got that makes your life better are the ones that you got pleasure from. Now, you might be saying to yourself, okay, well, wait a minute. You know, because I, I lost a race when I was, when I was uh, 18 years old, um, or, or I, uh, you know, I got turned down from a date. It made me stronger. Or I, you know, something happened that I failed. Uh, it made me stronger. Well, that's not what made you stronger. What made you stronger was in the moment when something that happened it, it, in the moment, you didn't go, I'm stronger because of this right now. That never happens that way. Guess what happens later on when we get to thinking about it, we go, Okay, what makes me feel good? And we imagine ourselves winning. The next time this happens, I'm going to step up. The next time this is going to happen. And I'll give you my perfect, my personal example. When I was a, you know, a, a, a sophomore in high school, I was, part of the, I was part of the wrestling team. And I love my dad. And I always wanted to make my dad proud. And so um, my dad was very busy and he was unable to come to my sporting events. And the very first sporting event that he came to, and I, you know, was, was up to be wrestling and I went out and my opponent pinned me in less than five seconds. I went out there and right in front of my whole family, flipped me over my back, pinned me, and I lost the match. I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated. And so in that moment, I, you know, everything that went through my mind, you know, all the stuff, I'm a failure, I'm a loser, my dad saw all this stuff and everything. But later on, guess what happened? My dad sat me down and my dad said, hey, listen. Everybody fails, and I'm really proud of you that you even got up there and did it. So let's practice harder, and then next time you'll do better. And then when he said that, guess what happened? Dopamine release in that moment, and I learned the lesson that, wait a minute, if I work harder, then that won't happen again. So, so I want you to dismam dismantle the belief that the hard things are, are the things that make you stronger. No, it is the decision and the thought of winning because you will make yourself wrong, stronger that makes you learn. Yes, that significant emotional event may make you feel bad in the moment and may make you never do that again, touch that stove again. But guess what? Your brain goes, okay, not only am I not going to touch the stove, I'm going to use this to cook food with. So you, you, you learn how to use that. And then, and then that's the aha. Okay, so having said that, Taking a look at you going back and taking a look at finding something in your life that is that is denigrative, meaning that makes you unresourceful and does not serve you, and then find something also that makes you feel feel uh, good, and then recognize this: that whatever feeling you get when you think of that moment. Let's go to the negative one, okay? 
whatever feeling that you get in that moment, that in that moment is the time that you can change your personal history. You can change how you feel about it. Now, some of you know this, that, that you know, we have an institute called the Neuroencoding Institute. And what I'm about to share with you is part of, is part of uh, neuroencoding yourself or programming yourself. When you feel bad, anytime, if you do nothing more than snap yourself out of it by standing up and shaking yourself out and saying, that's the past, that happened, here's what I learned from it, I'm a better person now. If you do nothing more than that, and you interrupt the pattern, human physics takes over, repetition takes over, repetition takes over, and what happens is the more we do it, the better we get at it. So what will you be getting better at? Snapping out of it. If I was to say the lesson that I would want everybody to learn from this and everything that we teach in neurolinguistics is the habit, the process of learning how to snap out of it, snap out of being negative to positive, to being pessimistic to being optimistic. And how you do that is very, very simple. Feel it, stand up, shake yourself out, put a smile on your face, and then praise yourself. If you just do that over and over again, do not wait. Don't wait for it to show up. Do my exercise that I have here. Go search for it. Find one thing that when you think about that one thing causes you to feel bad. And as you feel bad, stand up, shake yourself out, put a smile on your face and give yourself, hey, listen, that was the past, whatever conversation that you want to have. And what you do, and then praise yourself by patting yourself on your back. Because what happens is the repetition of what you're doing will change the process because your brain is going to still do the same thing. Dopamine release, dopamine release. Oh, what just happened before I got the dopamine release? Oh, I snapped myself out of it. And it'll start to do it automatically. And then that automatically will become who you are. And that repetition with praise becomes the methodology, becomes the process by which you change your personal history. And here's the greatest part about it, and that is this. It's not just for that one thing. Remember earlier I said that you don't have to go back and find the, the pivotal moment, this one thing that made you. It has the effect on all negativity, all of it. And here's what I mean by that. Negative is just, or, or, or unresourceful things, they're just fear. And there are no fearless people, meaning it still may pop up, but there's no fearless people, but there are people who fear less, meaning the amount of time that you spend there. And the difference is some people will stick with it and worry, and that, that, that tape or that, or that uh, video and that memory plays over and over again, has been playing over and over again in their life, and they stay fearful. And some people snap out of it quicker. The quicker you snap out of it in the methods that I just gave you, the, quick, the less time you'll spend in fear, because guess what? You create a scotoma, a blank spot, and the brain is always going to fill it up with something. And as long as you fill it up with a smile or some sort of positive so that the dopamine, the endorphins, and the oxytocin gets released in that moment, your body's going to take over, and you will change how you feel about the past. Even when you do think about it, your brain will go, yeah, that was that, you know, hey, what's next? Move on. Super, 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 super simple exercise, and it just works. And so I want you to try it out, and I would be excited to hear about your results as you do it as well. And as always, remember this, life is exactly what you dare to make it, and fortune favors the bold. So the trick to life is to always boldly step up and dare to make your life magnificent. I'm Joseph McClendon III, and this has been the Further Faster Podcast, and I look forward to serving you, and I'll see you at the top.
This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.